0: Good morning, my name is Lachlan, for those who have not met me before, and for those who have, a long name I know. This morning, we'll be going through Philippians, from chapter 1, verse 27, to chapter 2, verse 2, inclusive. But before we do, I will pray. Dear Lord, thank you for your word, and that we can hear from you today. I pray that we will listen with our hearts and minds, and with your help, we will be able to apply it to our lives. Amen. I will now start with a reading from Philippians, starting at chapter one, verse 27, to chapter two, verse two, inclusive. Whatever happens, conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. Then, whether I come and see you or only hear about you in my absence, I'll know that you stand firm in the one spirit, striving together, Therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded and having the same love, being one in spirit and of one mind. Thank you.
1: Well, good morning. Uh, my name is Matt. I'm one of the pastors at the church. Really glad you've logged on to watch our online service today. Uh, I wonder if you can think of a time where you felt like you were part of something bigger. You felt like you were part of something bigger. Um, I've gone to my wardrobe today and grabbed a couple of things out just to show you that uh, I'm a big fan of the Socceroos. I've got um, a couple of Guernseys here that I've had for a long time. A couple of years ago, I went over to Sydney actually to watch a, uh, watch the soccerers qualify for the World Cup. And I remember standing in the crowd of 80,000 people, I uh, was wearing this shirt. Most of the people in the stadium actually uh, were wearing shirts, something like this. Uh, everyone was barracking for the same team. And I remember being, you know, really swept up in the emotion, really proud to be part of something bigger. Uh, you know, and I was proud to be an Aussie, proud to be uh, part of the winning team. Now, uh, in some ways, I get that it's a bit ridiculous to get emotional over a game of football. I mean, really, why should I care that I happen to live in a, a country who can find 11 footballers who can beat the best 11 footballers from another country? Uh, but I think that's it, just it. We like being part of things that are bigger than us. Now, maybe you're not into sport, but I still think most of us find something exhilarating about being part of something bigger than ourselves. Now, is that adrenaline when you're at a great concert and everyone there is having an amazing night? Maybe Maybe, though, you're you're just generally patriotic and you're proud that you belong to a a people, proud to be Australian or whatever nationality it is uh, that you are. Or maybe you're not proud of your country, but you're proud that you went to a certain school or or proud that you belong to your company or, or proud that you belong to a particular community group. Of course, at the moment, with everyone distancing and lots of us spending time at home, it'd be pretty easy to feel like, rather than belonging to something bigger, we're all just isolated and cut off from each other. But then then again, one of the big catch cries of the past couple of months has been that we're at home together. And so even in a moment of separation and isolation, we're still wanting to feel like we're part of something bigger. If you've been watching the past few weeks, you know that at the moment we're going through this letter called Philippians. It's a letter uh, written by Paul the Apostle. And Paul's in jail, probably in Rome, which would have meant he wrote this letter sometime around the years 60 to 62 AD. Uh, and he's writing to the church in a place called Philippi. And so far, Paul's been telling us about how he's going. He's he's in jail, but he's encouraged that the gospel is still going out and that his imprisonment isn't getting in the way of God's plans. Um, he's confident that his future is secure in Christ, whatever happens, even if he dies. And he's been talking about his own situation. And now he changes focus and begins to focus on the Philippians, his recipients. And in some ways, he really only has one thing to say to the Philippians. What he has to say is that you belong to something bigger. You, be, you belong to something bigger. You belong to the people of God. But that one thing, that belonging to the people of God, is so significant, Paul says, because that belonging to the people of God is, is, is so significant that it trumps belonging to anything else. And belonging to, to the people of God has lots of profound implications in terms of how we live that out. And, and belonging to Jesus is an amazing gift and privilege. But we know, don't we, that belonging to something bigger can shape who we are in huge ways. And that's totally true when it comes to belonging to Jesus and his people. So for those of us who do belong to Jesus and his people, this is important stuff because it helps us think about what difference it makes when this is who we belong to. But this is relevant too for those who wouldn't say we belong to Jesus because Paul wants us to see that in Jesus is an opportunity to satisfy that Desire to belong to something bigger than ourselves. Uh, So let's dive into the passage. I've got three particular things for us to notice as we go through. Three things to do with belonging to God's people. Uh, Belonging to God's people takes precedence, number one. Uh, Belonging to God's people means participating, number two, and number three, belonging to God's people is a privilege. uh, Three P's. Now Paul begins this section like this, verse twenty-seven. He says, whatever happens, conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. Whatever happens, this is what I mean when I say in some ways, he's only got one thing to say. It's sort of like that moment in a talk where someone says, you know, uh, if, I, uh, if you're going to remember one thing from this talk, remember this. Paul says, whatever happens, whatever, anything else going on, remember this. Conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. Now, we need to dig a bit deeper into this first, because this is a a key verse. It's really the start of what Paul wants to say to the Philippians. And this will show us what I mean when I say that belonging to God's people takes precedence. Uh, Let me first do something on the screen. In our NIV Bibles, we read, Whatever happens, conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. Here's what it could just as easily be translated as. Whatever happens, live out your citizenship in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. Now, now that's a bit more wordy, but this is really the literal meaning behind what Paul was saying here. Live as a good citizen, we might say today. And it's, and it's worth noticing what Paul's saying here, because this is quite a loaded term to use because of who he's writing to. Now, sorry, we're going to do a little bit of history here, but stay with me. Um, this letter's written in the time of the Roman Empire, right? The Roman Empire um, covers a huge lot of countries, but most people in the ancient world were just subjects of the Roman Empire. Like Rome had conquered your country, like you have to pay taxes to Rome, you have to give your allegiance to Rome, but you're not Roman, right? Uh, but on the other hand, if you were a citizen of Rome, that was a big deal. You got extra privileges, rights, you actually you actually got treated with justice, you know that kind of thing. Um, now, the city of Philippi, because they'd helped the emperor win a battle some years before, they had been made citizens of Rome. We see this in another part of the Bible, actually, in the book of Acts, Acts chapter 16. This is the account of the very first time that Paul visits Philippi. Paul and his companions come in. They're preaching the gospel. They, uh, you know, they drive some sort of spirit out of a fortune teller. And listen to what the local Philippians say. Uh, verse 20. Uh, they brought them before the magistrate and said, These men are Jews, and they are throwing our city into an uproar by advocating customs unlawful for us Romans to accept or practice. You kind of get the sense that uh, these are the type of people who like to mention the fact that they're Roman as much as possible. And the story in Acts goes on. Paul gets thrown in jail for the night and in the morning when they let him out, they find out that Paul himself is actually a Roman citizen too. And then they're all worried because they didn't treat him very well, even though he was a Roman citizen. All of this to say, to the Philippians, being Roman citizens was a big deal. So come back to what Paul says in his letter to the Philippians. Live out your citizenship in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. This is a loaded thing to say, and it begins this section, which goes right through to chapter 3, verse 20, where Paul reveals finally that our citizenship is in heaven. You may be citizens of Rome, but actually you're dual citizens, if you like, because you're also citizens of heaven. And in fact, it's your citizenship as a person of the gospel, as a person of Christ that should drive you. Yes, you may be Roman citizens, you may be a fan of your sporting team, you might be a proud Aussie, you might belong to a certain workplace, or be an alumni of a certain school, or belong to a certain community group. But the one thing Paul wants the Philippians to take away, work out what it means to belong to Christ, and live that out. Because belonging to God's people takes precedence. So, our second thing to notice then is as Paul begins to flesh this out, you know, what does it actually mean to belong to God's people? Uh, Belonging to God's people means participating. Let me show you what I mean. Paul continues, uh, then whether I come and see you or only hear about you in my absence, I remember Paul's in jail, he doesn't know if he's going to get out or not, I will know that you stand firm in the one spirit, striving together as one for the faith of the gospel. Stand firm in the one spirit. Striving together for the gospel. This striving together sort of language, it's, it's language you might use to talk about, you know, athletic sort of imagery. I've already talked about sport a bit, but suffice to say that Christianity is a team sport and any good team sport, we know how crucial good teamwork is. It's also language that in ancient times they may well use to talk about things like soldiers and and military imagery. Uh, You know, lots of retired soldiers lived in Philippi. Uh, Have you ever seen those pictures of like Roman tortoises? You know, the block of Roman soldiers with their shields out, advancing on the enemy. Very, very hard to stop. But one soldier on their own wouldn't do much good in that situation, would they? Whereas working together, a lot more can be achieved. Here's the point for Christians. You want to Live out your citizenship as one of God's people. What well, to be one of God's people means participating. It's not an individual sport. It's not a spectator sport. God's people need to be united together, working for the gospel. And the Bible talks a lot about unity, actually. In a lot of places, you kind of feel like it's talking a bit more about Christians getting along. You know, don't let there be divisions among you. Here, it seems to be a little bit less talking about just, you know, being friends. It's, it's talking more about what can be achieved together when we're all working together. So maybe then to apply this directly to us at Trinity Church Brighton, i bet been in some ways at the moment, church does feel like a spectator sport. I mean, we, we put on our TVs once a week and watch. It's not so different from turning on for your team's footy game each week. I mean, we need to keep remembering that church is not something Christians do as much as it is who Christians are. We're, we're citizens. We belong to something bigger. The people of God, citizens of the gospel. And as citizens of the gospel... We want to see the gospel being shared with people. I've been encouraged the past few weeks and months during this uh, COVID period uh, with the way that we've been working together for the gospel. So many in our community putting time into their kids and and ministry for families because we want our kids to know and love the gospel. Uh, So many of our growth group leaders working out how to do Zoom so that we can keep connecting and maturing in the gospel. So many people praying because prayer is one of our biggest tools as the gospel goes out. People realizing that online church is a very easy thing for people to watch, and so inviting friends and family to watch too. There's just some examples, and it's hard at the moment, and, and particularly it's hard to feel like we're in this together. But remember, we are still part of something bigger, and it's good for us to be striving together. And so, as things perhaps uh, start to go back to normal over the past few months, it'll be good for us to be asking questions like, How are we going at striving together for the gospel? Are we well organized like those Roman soldiers? Are there areas where we could be doing a little better and can deploy more resources? Good things for us to be talking about, I think. And all of this is also important because as we work together to see people hear the good news of the gospel, we also face opposition. Look at look at verse 28. Paul said, "...striving together as one for the faith of the gospel without... ...without being frightened in any way by those who oppose you. Participating in God's people, being a a citizen of heaven, well, this country we're a part of has enemies. We said before that Paul is essentially telling the Philippians that they're dual citizens. Yes, they're citizens of Rome, but they're also citizens of heaven. There There are lots of groups that we too can be a part of while also still being part of God's people. We can say that we're Australian and also... Christians. You can belong to your local RSL club and still be a Christian. You can be an employee of your workplace and still be a Christian. You can be a a port supporter and still be a Christian. I don't know if you can be a crow supporter and still be a Christian, actually, but for the Philippians, could they be Roman citizens and, and still be Christians? Well, it's actually, it starts to get a little bit more iffy, doesn't it? Because remember Acts 16, you know, these men are advocating customs unlawful for us as Romans to accept or practice. Because with anything, actually, there can come a point where the two are no longer compatible. If the Romans say to be a citizen, you have to say that Caesar is Lord of all. And if Christians say to be a Christian, you have to say that Jesus is Lord of all. Then suddenly these two citizenships are no longer compatible. They become opposed and you have to almost pick your side. Do you remember that dual citizenship saga that hit our political world over the past couple of years, uh, there might come a time for us where as Christians we have to actually renounce one of our citizenships in a particular group because it's just not compatible with who we are as Christians anymore. Or, or maybe maybe more likely there's a point where a certain community renounces us. Or, or maybe just begins to push us out, you know, if, if you want to be part of us you have to act this way, drink this much, participate in these things. Sometimes this can end up showing us, actually, that we're on different sides. That actually, there's a divide here. There's there's the people of God, and then there's those who oppose God's people. I think this is what Paul's getting at in the rest of verse 28, actually. Uh, what is he saying? And this is a sign to them that they will be destroyed, but that you will be saved, and that by God. As we see opposition, we begin to see that this is a sign that as citizens of God and the gospel, that there are those on the other side as well. And that can mean that we can be left out and on the other side of the divide sometimes. And that's that's not a nice feeling. Like I think most of us like being included, right? And being pushed out, left out. That's not a good feeling. Um, a few a few months back, there was a birthday in my extended family and everyone in my extended family uh, got invited to the event on Facebook, except for me and, and people at Talking about the party, knowing all the details, and I'm sitting there a bit clueless because I've been left out. Uh, Now, that was just a mistake, or or at least they said it was just a mistake, but uh, it still isn't a nice feeling. But let me say if we want to belong to Jesus and his people, we do need to be ready for opposition. And, And that might mean being left out or excluded from time to time, not just being able to be dual citizens of everything, but actually needing to pick a side want to get that that's not necessarily easy but it does bring us to the third of our p's that i want us to notice being part of god's people takes precedence Uh, it means participating and thirdly it's a great privilege it's a great privilege it's a good thing to finish by thinking about what a gift and privilege it is to be one of god's people and that's that's where paul takes us to um have a look at verse 29 For it has been granted to you on behalf of Christ, not only to believe in him, but also to suffer for him, since you're going through the same struggles you saw I had, and now hear that I still have. Therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being of one spirit and in one mind." I think this is a great spot for us to finish. Being one of Christ's people means being united with Christ himself. What a, what a great gift. What a great privilege. And yes, he suffered. And so if we're united to him, we share in his sufferings. But as he rose victorious, we too will rise victorious. God's God's people will win. It's a, it's a great privilege to be united to Christ and to belong to God's people. I mean, talk about belonging to something bigger. And the other thing that's emphasised here is that uh, this has been granted to us. Verse 29, this isn't like um, becoming an Australian citizen where I understand there's some sort of complicated point system. I'm, I'm sure some of our congregation who have become Australian citizens or are looking at that process. No more details than me. Uh, but imagine if the Australian government sent you a letter one day saying, we're, we're granting you citizenship as a gift, not not because of who you are, not because you've ticked all the boxes, just because we love including more people. That's the kind of gift that God offers. Except rather than including you as a citizen of a country, God gives us an opportunity to belong to his plan to build a people for himself, a people to be eternally united to his son. And this, by the way, means that as a church, we should be the most inclusive group of people around because that's the kind of God God is. He welcomes anyone to come and be citizens and to belong to Him and His people. And of course, if you do come and join God's people, the catch I guess is that it does take precedence. This isn't just another club to join. It does require participation. This isn't a spectator sport or an individual sport. It's it's a team sport. But belonging to God and his people is just the most extraordinary privilege. We truly belong to something bigger. Let me pray for us as we finish. Dear Father God, we thank you that you're a great God, that you offer a place to belong, a people to belong to, a citizenship with you and with your son, Jesus. We thank you that we become part of your people because you grant that privilege to us through what Jesus achieved in our place. Please help us as we go into our weeks to think about what it means to live out our citizenship. Help us to let our membership as part of your people take precedence. Help us to strive together so that your gospel might be spread and people might have the opportunity to hear about Jesus. And thank you for this great gift of being part of your people. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.